0: Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages.
1: Many years ago, back in the old country, there lived a holy, sweet couple who loved each other so very much.
2: A long time ago, in a village, somewhere in Tamil Nadu, they lived a monkey. There was once. A man, tall and handsome, who met a a woman, beautiful and elegant, and they fell in love with each other.
0: once upon a time and welcome to the story story podcast i'm your host rachel ann harding and i have some stories for you this is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world it will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely my feet knew where i was going even if my head didn't the breadcrumbs were in front of me and i was following them Torn scraps of bread dropped every few feet led me further and further down the wooded path. I ducked under low branches and squished in mud and damp, pine needles sticking to my boots. Then coming around a tree, the trail stopped. The crumbs just vanished, and there was a chipmunk just stuffing a bit of something into a fat cheek. Hey, that was my breadcrumb trail. Very rude. The chipmunk looked at me guiltily, and then with a little paw pointed to the other end of the clearing. There was a piece of bread in a patch of sunlight. I dropped a small curtsy and continued on. The stories for this episode are about lost love and fairy tale worlds. The first story is by Kevin Cordy, an international award-winning educator, storyteller, and author. He tells the story, The Whispering Bridge of Fukushima.
1: There was once a beautiful young woman, the daughter of the village's richest man. And the man wanted her to marry more than anything. But she had no interest in anyone that she met. One day she was walking out into the woods, and she heard a whisper. And she looked around, and she saw a very tall, very beautiful man. And the man and her eyes met. And it was almost love at first sight. And after they'd talked for a while, she knew she was in love. And so she stayed into that forest until it was night, and then she ran home and she told her father, "'I have found the one I want to marry. "'He lives somewhere out in the forest. "'He's a beautiful person. I am so happy.' And her father was worried. He said, "'Go out and find out who this man is.' We know not where his family's from, where he was born. Find out. And the next day she would creep out into the forest, and she would meet him. And this went on for weeks and weeks. And one day her father said, Follow him. Find out where they go. And so they did. The king's servants followed him. And when he looked, they noticed that at night time... The man was not a man at all, but he would turn into a large tree with a solid trunk. And they ran back and they told their father, "'He's not a man. He's not a human at all. He's a tree.' "'My daughter wants to marry a tree. I will not have it. Cut that tree down.' So an early morning... They went out and they brought with them many axes and they began to cut and cut and cut and the splinters flew everywhere and they cut long into the evening but they couldn't cut that solid trunk down and so they went home to return to their work the next day. The next day they came out and instead of seeing a tree that was needing to be cut they saw a whole tree. And so they'd cut again, and they'd cut, and they'd cut. But they still couldn't finish their work, so they ran. We can't cut the tree. Every time we cut it, it grows back. It's almost as if it's magic. I don't know what to do, the father said in anguish. But he looked, and coming up the bank was a creature, almost human, but almost that like a shrub. And he said, I can help you. The herbs will not accept me, and the trees reject me as well. It will be sweet justice if I let you know the secret of the tree. I will pay you handsomely. And he did. He paid him lots and lots of money. The secret is... Every time you cut, you must take the wood chips, and you must burn them, or they will heal themselves. selves. And he slid it away, just like he arrived. He said, servants, go out, but this time burn those wood chips. And they cut, and they burned, cut, and they burned. And the tree poured forth a sap, but it was the color of blood, And the next day they came and they cut the tree so that it fell. And when it fell, they brought ten men to carry it. For you see, they were going to build a new bridge. The river needed a new bridge, so they were going to carry the tree and make a bridge. But it wouldn't move. Ten, twenty, thirty, fifty men couldn't move that tree. The king said, I don't know what to do. And then he remembered his daughter. When he opened the door in his daughter's room, there were tears in her eyes. She had been crying, it looked like for weeks. She had lost her love. And she said, Father, what have you done? I loved him, Father. I loved him more than anything in the world. And the father pleaded. He said, Your people need a bridge. Please help us. And she stood up, and she sat on the tree, and as the tears rolled out of her eyes onto the trunk, they could move it. They built a bridge, strong, very strong. On the day that they announced the bridge and it was completed, the daughter died, and they say it was ...of a broken heart. If you walk on that bridge at night... ...when no one's around... ...you can hear two voices... ...one... ...loud and strong voice... ...and one... ...feminine voice... ...and they're laughing... ...and they're happy. It took many years... ...but they replaced that bridge... ...with a steel one. They say in this place in Japan... A piece of that bridge was preserved and placed in a small museum. And the curator of that museum comes over at night and in that glass case they still hear those whispers and they're still happy.
0: The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Brothers Grimm's personal ad service featuring three personal ads. One... Widow Giantess Seeks Companion Big-boned woman looking for a quiet companion for a castle in the sky. Prefers vegetarians. Talking cats, also accepted. Two. Gingerbread Boy Seeking Gluten-Free Parents Sweet Cookie Boy is looking for a loving gluten-free family with no pets, especially dogs, to take him in. He is cheerful, loves to sing rhymes, and is willing to sleep in a slightly warm oven, so the house always smells like fresh-baked gingerbread. Three king seeking non-evil woman as queen and mother to his children his royal majesty is seeking a woman with absolutely no magical powers or ability to lay curses wanting someone who will love his children as her own and has no interest in turning them into birds for 900 years a woman who dislikes fruit is preferable the crumbs were getting smaller and further apart. I was in the deep forest now and walking along the edge of a pleasant little stream. The stream and breadcrumbs emerged into a field and I blinked in the bright sunlight. The field was full of lovely little blue and white flowers and green waving grasses. In the middle of that field was a blanket spread out with a picnic basket and plates of food. Bread, cheese, olives and pickles, tomatoes, carrots, and in the center of it all a tiny gingerbread house. It had sugarpane windows, gumdrops, and icing dripping off the roof. It looked delicious and slightly dangerous. Isn't it lovely? I turned and saw my friends coming up the hill from the stream and laughed. Gretel, this is a bit on the nose, isn't it? Hansel smiled. I had the idea to lead you out here with breadcrumbs. Well, it was curious and a bit creepy, but as long as there isn't any meat in it, I would love to eat with you. They smiled, and we sat and ate, enjoying a beautiful day in the forest, before following the breadcrumbs home. The second story is by Simon Brooks. He is a storyteller from New England, a man of many voices, and he tells the story, The White Trout.
2: In the long-ago days, one wouldn't pick one's own husband or wife. One's father and mother would do that for you. Sometimes, if you were really lucky, you might actually like your spouse. But the princess I'm going to tell you about now... She loved her betrothed. And the prince, he loved her too. This was a match made in heaven. The princess lived in a white stone castle. Her favourite colour was white. She always wore white clothes... Her favourite metal was silver. She would wear silver bands around her waists, jewels bedecking them. She would wear silver rings on her fingers. She'd wear armbands, necklaces, all made of silver. She even had a silver band which held her hair back. Her hair, which was as black as a raven's wing. The princess and the prince were to be married. But then something dreadful happened. The prince was murdered and thrown into the pond that sat in front of the castle. They searched for a week for the body of the prince, but could not find it. And the princess, having lost her one true love as she saw it, began to pine away. She stopped eating, and she grew thinner and thinner, and she stopped going out into the town to the village, and then people stopped seeing her altogether. She vanished. But the day that she vanished, in the stream that came from that pond that was at the front of her castle, a white trout appeared. Nobody had ever seen a white trout before. The oldest man in the village. Well, I've lived a long time, and and I've never seen a trout as white as this. "'No, I've seen rainbow trouts and striped trouts "'and trouts with many colours on them, "'but I've never seen a trout as pure white as this. "'I say it must be fairy magic "'and that this is our beloved princess.' "'And so that became the common thought of that village, "'that the fairies had come and taken pity on the princess.' And using the magic, had turned her, from the sad, sorrowful princess, into this beautiful white trout. The white trout who seemed to be searching for something, searching for its lost love, waiting for its lost love to appear in that same stream. And years went by, and years went by, and that white trout stayed in that stream "'next to the lake, swimming, swimming, "'as if it was searching for something or someone. "'It was there until the youngest girl in the village "'became the oldest woman in the village, "'and she grew. "'I remember when this fish first appeared. "'And here it is, still. "'No natural fish would have lasted that long. "'I say it is a fairy fish.' And so the belief continued that this fish was indeed created by fairy magic and that it was the princess of the castle. But then a sad, sorrowful day happened when three brigands, three cruel soldiers appeared in that village. They were fleeing war in some far-off land, and these cruel men found... "'homes for themselves and kicking other people out of their homes. "'It didn't take them long to hear about the legend of the white trout, "'and so the leader of these men, the cruelest and most evil of all, "'he decided that he would go and fish for this white trout, which he did, "'and it didn't take him long to catch it. "'He carried the fish back to his home, to his billet, "'and threw it on a counter. "'He got the stove going And as the flames grew higher and higher, he threw an iron skillet upon the flames, waited until it got hot, threw some oil onto the pan so that it hissed and sizzled and then threw the fish into the hot oil. And as it landed in the hot oil, it seemed to cry out, "'Oh, there you go, my precious. Uh, Sing your pretty song.' And the soldier cooked the fish and cooked the fish, And when he thought it should be done, he took his knife, scraped the fish and flipped it over. But instead of seeing brown scales and a clouded over eye, the fish was as white as it had been when he first put it in the pan and its eyes seemed to be staring at him. Huh, maybe I didn't cook it as long as I thought it did. And this time he cooked the other side of the fish twice as long as he cooked the first. And then using his knife, he carefully flipped to the fish again. And again, as it landed back in the fat, it cried out. Oh, another little song, how pretty it sings. But then he looked at the fish and saw that the other side had not browned either. And that the eye of the fish stared at him. Well, I'll cook this side a second time for twice as long again. And then it will be done, whether it's browned or not. And so he cooked it for twice as long as he'd cooked the other side. And then he took the knife and stuck it into the fish. And this time the fish gave a scream so loud that he dropped the knife, dropped the pan, and stepped back in horror. People in the village heard the scream, and the scream sent shivers down their back. The fish fell into the flames. But where the fish had fallen arose a beautiful woman, wearing white. There were silver rings on her fingers and on her wrists and on her arms and around her neck. And there was a silver band that held her hair back, hair as black as a raven's wing. She stepped out of the flames and pointed at her arm, which was bleeding. Look what you have done, she said. Look what evilness you have cast upon me. I am cut, I am bleeding, and you have taken me from my duty. <laughs> I, I didn't know, I didn't know. Who are you? Who do you think I am? I will turn you into a minnow if my true love has passed me by. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't know you was, you was on an errand. I didn't know you, were, you, you had some sort of duty. How was I supposed to know? You should, you are an evil man. You should have left well enough alone. I should, I'm sure, I'm sorry. What can I do to make it right? You shall mend your ways, is what you will do. And you will throw me back into the stream where you found me. I can't do that. You'll drown. I will not drown. Throw me back. Save me. And if I have missed my one true love... "'I shall come back and I shall haunt you. "'I shall turn you into a minnow "'and I will hunt you down "'for as long as the sky is blue "'and grass remains green. "'But, but, but I can't throw you back in. "'You'll drown and I'll, I'll be... "'Throw me back in.' "'And as she said this, "'she slowly turned back into the fish "'and lay on the floor. "'The soldier lifted up the fish "'and held it tight to his chest "'and ran for all his might "'through the village, "'across the fields to the, to the great castle.' and to the pond, and to the stream that that was fed by it. And he threw the fish back into the stream. And the blood washed away from the fish. And it swam, and it swam up and down the stream, as if looking, as if looking, as if searching, as if searching. And the soldier, he did mend his ways. The fish it is said, is still in that stream to this very day. You'll find it swimming in that stream in the middle of Ireland. You'll know it for the red mark that's on its side, where the soldier cut it. He gave up eating fish. He said that it disagreed with him, although he didn't say how. And the soldier, he spent the rest of his life praying. He eventually became a hermit and moved up into a a cave just beyond the castle. And they say that he prayed for the soul of the white trout and its one true love.
0: Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode 41. Show the love. Find Kevin Cordy and Simon Brooks on Facebook and the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more tales. The story by Kevin Cordy was from his CD, Wisdom Keepers, Wise Tales of Wise People. And the story by Simon Brooks is from his CD, A Tangle of Tales. You can find those through their websites or find links at storystorypodcast.com. In fairy tales, the magic number is three. So I have three things for you to do. One, like and rate the show on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Two, join the mailing list you will get a link to the podcast delivered to your inbox plus news and other storytelling related goodness three consider becoming a supporter for as little as four dollars a month the cost of a sandwich you help support the podcast and will get access to a story story short the story story short for this episode is by milbury birch and is titled the tree's wife it is an achingly beautiful story you can find out how to support the podcast and join the mailing list at storystorypodcast.com and a thank you as big as a tree to those who are donating. If you would like to stay connected, you can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at story story podcast or Rachel and Harding. Please come say hello. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. Next episode, we visit the ocean and hear tales about mermaids. I hope you'll join me again, and until then, live happily ever after. The wedding lasted for seven days. I
2: know. I was there. I would cross 27 countries... Wear out three pairs of boots, battle two giants, and the grandmother of all witches, Baba Yaga, before I was reunited with my frog princess. But that's a story
0: for another time. The last thing he said before he died was a curse on anyone who would dare to go sing with the fairies. Just because a story is strange, do not mistake it can also be true.